I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. Thank you so much for tuning in at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate it um, in advance. Thank you. So, yes. well... The orange leave a little bit to be desired <laughs> in a 38-24 to 24 loss at home. Syracuse falls to 1-3 overall and in the ACC. Duke gets their first win of the season. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you in fan feedback. And we will get into all of that. We'll go over the coach montage. Um, we, are, we are going to transition the video platform, if we even do it, to YouTube Live. It's going to be easier. For everybody, you don't need an app. All you got to do is follow the, um, what do you call it? The link. We'll post the link. So, anyways, um, we'll, we'll play around with it, see where it takes us, and uh, go from there with it. So, anyways, uh, just want to uh, get that straight. So, uh, let's take a look at what Coach had to say. We have 75% of the season left with an opportunity to have a little bit more than that. We get this thing turned around. And uh, that's what we're going to go back to work and do. We're going to go back, and it's going to be the next guy up. And uh, we have to be better as coaches. First responsibility is on my shoulders. Hey, that's my freaking team out there. And obviously, I didn't like what I saw. And we have to get better. We have to get better on a lot of fronts. We're going to have an opportunity to win. You know what? I I really think, Mario, that there was a lot of things that were going on. First of all, they gave up a lot of yards rushing, but if you ask me whether I'm talking about in the first half, where if you ask me if I would take up the, if they could give up those yards and get me those turnovers, uh, I might take that. Hey, Dino, appreciate you taking the time. Um, I, I guess what what the status on Tommy DeVito right now? What what do you expect moving forward? You no, know, uh, based off of some of the stuff I've heard, it's not good, uh, and uh, we're we're all pulling for him and. We're wishing him the best, but uh, like I said, right now it's not good. 
In fact, we had a tailback drop a drop a ball that was the exact same ball that Bootcock ran in for a touchdown. And I'm not so sure that tailback wouldn't have ran it in for a touchdown too because he's really got some wheels and he was in the exact same situation. So it, we had short throws and we had deep throws. We just, we just didn't hit on a lot of the short throws, which was really important in keeping the chains moving and keeping the play count up for the offense and down for the defense. we got to get our depth back up. Right now we don't have the numbers to do some of the things that we're doing. We'll periodically go fast because it's our, to, our, to our advantage. But when you look around, there's we had Duke rolled in here with their football team. They had more players than we had in a home game on their traveling squad. And again, no one that's not an excuse. We have to get our numbers up, and we are working very hard in doing that. And hopefully with the situation where seniors can come back this year for a free year, we can get those numbers back up to where they're supposed to be if we can get enough seniors to come back uh, that uh, want to play one more year of football or maybe work on working on getting a master's degree from Syracuse University in one year, which I think would be a huge advantage and a selling. All right. The Coach Montage is brought to us by the title sponsor for the Cuse Militia and Armchair Media, and that is betonline.ag. Now, as we know, we may or may not be able to get to any games this year, but that's all right because BetOnline is still getting you in on all the action. They're going to go the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spread and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today to start off uh, wagering on win, division, and championship futures right away. Head over to betonline.ag uh, today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, BetOnline. All right, one more. We all know that uh, male grooming is maybe, you know, I don't know. It's not the it's not the most fun thing to talk about. It's not the most fun thing to do. But what does make it easy is Manscaped.com. They've got the lawnmower 3.0. It's a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Get rid of all that unwanted hair. The the lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof. Comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the rain. In, at night in the rain or in the shower, whatever you prefer, uh, the choice is yours. So uh, they've also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to the lawnmower. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, round point singers, scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. All right. So go over to manscaped.com. Check out all of their stuff, the crop preservers, anti-chafing um, serum. Let's just call it a serum, Okay. No one wants the swamp butt. Get rid of the swamp butt. Use the crop, crop preserver. You Get the cologne. Get the spray. Get the spritzel for the schnitzel. You know what I'm talking about. Look, all you got to do is go down to go over to manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the promo code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code armchair. Thank you. BetOnline.ag. Thank you. Manscaped.com. Okay. So, Joe. Um, sure. Let's talk before I get into the good, bad, and the ugly. Let's talk real quick about uh, some of the things that Coach was talking about before before we we got into all that. Now, after the game, it was you know you could see. I think it was pretty clear. Uh, uh, Coach is is down. I know he's saying some things. He's trying to be positive, and I think we're all going to do that. I think there are some positives, and we'll talk about that. But um, at the end of the day. 
you know, um, what I get out of that press conference really is that they are um, they're transitioning a little bit. We're 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 looking ahead more so now than we were. I think we know what we've got now. Um, as we know, Tommy DeVito by now is we know that he's the reports are that he's out for the rest of the season. Mm. So, um, yeah. I think Coach knew it, that at the time. His body language showed it. The, you know, his energy there showed it. Um, but like I said, he's trying to stay positive. That's his job. But at the end of the day, yeah. we're, we're looking ahead um, to next year and maybe some of the good things that can come out of this year. And, um, you know, it's yeah, just, that's, that's the feeling I got. Uh, that's how I felt watching that. Uh, yeah, I think that kind of is <clears throat> how Babers has been kind of the whole season, I feel like. Um even in the bye week, in the off season, when he was, or in the off week, when he was talking about Duke and the preview and everything, he really wasn't making it seem like you know the bye week was really going to help us any, right? And we do have a situation where, um, you know, I was reading an article from Syracuse.com and uh, by Nate Mink, and he kind of was just hit on exactly what what I was thinking um, yesterday after the game about just where we thought this route, what we thought this roster was going to be versus what it is now. Um, you know, we thought that we were going to have a Dakota Davis, a Sam Heckle, possibly a Chris Bleich, you know, three other offensive linemen um, that aren't there. We thought that we were going to have Jarvion Howard and Abdul Adams. We thought that, uh, you know, at one point we didn't know that if Tristan Jackson was going to come back or not, right. He was supposed to come back for another year, um, decided to go to the NFL. So you look at all of, those type of injuries or ops outs and coronavirus and, you know, just, just the leaving, whole of it, leaving the program injuries, not getting a, a waiver, like all that stuff. And already our offense is kind of a little bit behind the eight ball. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, you know, when I was talking to you, when, when Dungey was here, you know, there's people that, you know, they used to hate or poo poo on our deep or our offense a little bit other than the 10 and three year, but they had, Jamal Custis, Amba Edatalo, Steve Ishmael, Irv Phillips, you know, some other running backs that were, you know, Mo Neal, Dante Strickland. These are fringe NFL guys that um, were just right there between not getting, you know, drafted. And some of them made some practice squads and stuff like that. And we just don't have those type of, you know, receivers and running backs and guys like that. And because of all the injuries, uh, I mean, you look at the defense yesterday, I think we had 24 different players record a tackle. So, and we know that Cisco's out. We know that Terrell Richards is out. Eric Coley's out. So, um, by the I way, too, it was, it was, he talked about those injuries as well. I didn't put them in the montage, but just so before I forget, um, we don't expect those, those Ter- Terrell Richards and Andre Cisco. He's not expecting those guys back anytime soon. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard anything about it. You know, you look at Canton Arku, who had some great plays yesterday, and then he had a, an ugly-looking injury, which we don't know how bad that's going to – I mean, we had some guys getting injured yesterday, too. At one point, I looked in the second, third quarter, I think, in the second half, we had like six or seven freshmen out there playing defense. Oh, I and, know. And Duke was just – I mean, they're just pushing us around, and that's just kind of what happened. We don't have – that's what he said when he was when he's talking in, in, his, in his press conference about how, you know – Teams, they have limited. You can't send. You can't send everybody to a road game. You know, you 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 have a certain amount of players that go with the, with the travel squad um, when you go and travel. Not everybody's there on the sidelines. You know, when you're at home, all the walk-ons and everybody in the red shirts, they're there. But when you travel, you can only bring so many people. And Duke, 
they brought their their travel squad and he what how he alluded to was that they still had more healthy bodies than what we what we had what healthy and available in the travel squad than we have at a home than game. we have at a home exactly right. so um, I know that people are frustrated and I know that that everybody wants to everyone you know because it's now right it's, it's it's everyone wants to us to be good now bowl game this year what's going to happen you got all these games um and i tell you i mean it's definitely going to be hard to be excited about it uh, i try to find a, a way you know to look at how the defense is playing and to look at how all these young players are playing to kind of give me some type of a positivity you know and, and obviously with people hating on tommy devito and we kind of all know I mean, you can well, say what you want about him, but he's our best option, and now he's gone. So right. what do you do now? What do you do now? Well, do you, you give Rex his chance? Do you throw – you try to get some of these young guys in there to, to prep for the future? Because that's kind of what it looks like. I guess at, at, at some point, the expectations because of injuries and everything, they just have – they you kind of just got to eliminate them and say, hey, you know, we might be at a point here shortly where we just got to look toward the future. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that real quick. Let me do the good, bad, the ugly real quick. Syracuse was plus four on the turnovers, resulting in seven points on a Canton Arcu scoop and score. Uh, Taj Harris, he had a great game, six receptions, 138 yards, and one touchdown. The bad, uh, no run game for Syracuse this week, really, at all. Tucker with 53 yards and 12 carries. Uh, Syracuse, at the end of the day, netted 28 yards on the ground. And obviously, as we've talked in the past, we can't do much with that. And a lot of... Um, a lot of unnecessary t- sacks uh, Tommy DeVito took. Again, holding the ball the way he does, that's going to happen. The ugly, obviously, the uh, topping the ugly of it all is is the news about DeVito, and it goes unsaid, but uh, I'm going to throw it in here. Duke, with 640 yard, 645 yards uh, total, uh, 363 of them on the ground. Deion Jackson with 169, and Mateo Durant with 163. Too many drop passes uh, by Syracuse. Uh, DeVito wasn't getting any help sustaining drives, and a lot of that, especially in the beginning of the game, was um, was on the receivers for catching those catching some of those balls. It was bad. Uh, three out of four takeaways were given back to the offense, who could uh, muster up nothing, no things on the scoreboard, nothing. So we talked in the pregame to Duke about how important it was going to be to capitalize on the opportunities Duke was going to present. And we knew that Duke was going to present them. I think they still lead the nation in uh, turnovers. So um, I thought the coaching mainly, the the, um, play calling sucked. Uh, QB sneak on fourth and short. With ten guys in the box, dumb, um, and running up to the running up to the to the line and, and running that play as quick as possible. I thought they were going to try to draw them off sides or something. Yep. Maybe maybe when you see ten guys in the box like that, you call a timeout, you reevaluate, you have something drawn up for that situation. But they just rushed it. It was a terrible, terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, so yeah, missed opportunities, Joe. Um, you know, we can talk about some of the younger guys that might get some burn at quarterback, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, we can close out the rest of this game and, and kind of figure, like you said, a lot of it was ugly. Uh, there, There's some stuff to look forward to, but just to throw some other things out there, I mean, I do believe they they ran more plays on offense in the first half than we did the whole game. Um, they ended up with something, I think they ended up with like 102 plays on offense to our 52. They almost doubled us up on basically the plays and time of possession. We had 13 possessions, and nine of them, or nine or ten of them, went. We only had there were four plays or less. One of them was a touchdown because we had that long bomb on the second play or whatever. But I mean, still, 
you know, we only had two drives out of the 13 that went over two minutes. So again, it's kind of going back and reverting to basically what happened last year and some of the ugliness that we saw last year with losing our offensive coordinators from way back in Dungey and with bringing in a new quarterback. Um, and we had problems with that last year, uh, getting our defense off off the field and, and allowing them to to get some breaks. It just didn't happen. And again, like you said, we had drops on offense. We had a couple drops on. I don't want to blame the defense, but there's <laughs> could have had seven inter- turnovers. There, I could have had six or seven turnovers yeah. exactly. So, um, like I said, I think that there are some positives. But when you're playing a hundred, when your when your defense is playing 102 plays, and you're seeing all those injuries, and you're already shorthanded. Um, and you're getting no, I mean, literally like you look at, you go down the drives, three plays, one minute, one second, three plays, 59 seconds, three plays. Like these guys are real time getting a Maybe, couple minutes. Of, and, and dude, I mean, slow it down. When, when you know your offense is struggling, why are we still, why are we so stubborn to still do this? Orange is the new fast thing. It's not working. Right. Like, no, well, yeah. And again, slow it down, <laughs> get those guys some more time. You know, mm-hmm. get these guys cl- a clearer head. You know, you can rush up to the line. If you look at Clemson, okay, they rush up to the line quick. And then Trevor Lawrence, he's a, or he orchestrates everything up there. He slows everything down. He looks around. Like, we're just rushing oh, up yeah. to the line and running a play. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, rushing yeah, up yeah, to the line. is, is, is the, That's the part where you want to rush anyway. Slow it down yeah. after that. And honestly, like, I, I mean, you saw even Duke, right? You saw Duke. um, they came out. Obviously, they ran down us, down our throats. But they came down, scored. Chase Bryce started five of five. But then there was a point there where he he went zero seven, and actually got pulled for a little while, right? And then you saw him come in, and what did they do? They slowed it down, ground and pound, little dink and dunks, three, four, five yard. They weren't letting him throw it down the field. The one time he did for that slant, it got intercepted. So. It's like if that's what you got to do, then that's what you got to do. And I guess I mean, not even necessarily slow it down as much as just you know get get the ball in the hands of the players that you know can make plays, other than trying to you know use them as decoys to get the ball in other people's hands. With you know, I mean, Queeley dropping a dropping a ball for a wide receiver screen. I mean, Nikeem Johnson, what did he get? One pass. Nikeem Johnson's got he's got to step up, man. After Sean Tucker's game last year, what do you get? Twelve carries this last, week. Last like, week, yeah. I, I thought you know when we played Georgia Tech, then we get a bye, and you know where we are in our situation as far as our depth and everything. I just don't understand why you wouldn't try to establish more of a run game and uh, kind of get. I mean, it was nice to see the, the the tight ends get more involved, you know. And honestly, it's tough to say because there were drops and there were some some drives that got just knocked down because a division one receiver couldn't make a division one catch. And that's, that's well, what's that tell you, Joe? I mean, it's coaching or it's recruiting or it's, it's something I, I don't know, but, um, or the, or just the guys aren't ready yet. And you know, that's kind of in, in, well, maybe the guys aren't ready. Now, look, we can talk about, well, um, I know there's, there's a school of thought out there that says, well, you know, this is 2020, the year of the Corona, and, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fault anyone on Syracuse's squad right now, as, maybe as far as any, everything from blaming any one specific side of the ball or coaches. But we're all in the same boat, though, at the end of the day. We were all in the same boat. And, and by yeah. we, I mean all the teams are in the same boat. So um, the preparedness obviously shines through on teams like Clemson or, or, you know, even some of the SEC schools that's just recently started playing. So... 
Um, yeah. Well, you get some teams that you get the teams that where stuff really hasn't changed that much, right? I mean, that was one of the things well, that I was true. looking at. You know, if you have teams that got a lot of guys returning, or they got you know, a, a good depth, not not any offense or defensive co- uh, coordinator changes, or not changing a system or anything like that, then um, there's a lot of similarities there with a lot of you know captains and upperclassmen. But I think. You know, we still we were we were we were changing a lot. We, you know, we were we were in the midst of of changing completely our whole scheme of defense, changing an offensive coordinator, and we knew already our defense was going to be uh, young. So, I mean, I think that's what's attributing to. We knew our defensive line wasn't going to be that deep with a three three five coming in, and we knew that we're young in the secondary and in the linebacker squad. And that's where we see, you know, the missed tackles and some teams being as, you know, efficient against us as far as running. And I don't see that changing. I mean, if you remember Georgia tech ran on us too, pretty easily. It's just, we stopped them from scoring um, because of all the turnovers that we had. Well, so, we scored too. We a scored a lot. Better, right. Yeah. Right. right. We scored a lot. Um, and you know, when you, you know, I we'll, we'll get into it. I'm, I'm not even going to mention it actually. Now that I think about it, cause it is in, uh, I think it's in fan feedback. So, um, Jackson and Durant combined for 332 yards. Um, Syracuse combined for 286 total offense. So yeah. uh, the Blue Blue Devils, um, obviously, in time of possession, 39 minutes, 43 seconds to Syracuse's 20 minutes, 17 seconds. Now we can um, – I'm just – I'm at the point where it was so bad and it was such a collapse – Especially in the second half, I'm looking at everything. I'm like, the whole thing's a mess. Like, if it was a drawing, I would crumble it up and throw it in the trash can and grab a new piece of paper. That's what I would do. Mm. So, <laughs> now, you have an argument. Joe and I had a post-game conversation, which we tried to avoid because it can never be recreated. But he called me, so no, I answered. But I'm just saying, you you think, though, I mean, well, we might as well talk about this real quick before we get into fan feedback. You you think the defense played good enough to win, right? Yes, yes. You do. Giving up, giving up um, you know, 645 yards. The, the problem is, is they, they played 102 plays. I understand. You, so you have to look at the other side of it. If our offense plays the way that they're supposed to, or even average, then they don't play that many plays. They don't give up that many yards. You know, and I, I, I go as far as I mean, I know that they say allow a good drive. Ben, don't break. And it's long, you know, nine plays, eight plays, a couple minutes. But then they get a turnover. Then I don't really care about those yards. So you can spit those yard stats out all you want. You can do anything. Okay. But all I'm saying is that if the offense has some drives, catch some balls, you know, it is just an average. Or I mean, yesterday was it was pathetic. I mean, it was, that wasn't even a below-average offense. That was just it that was was terrible. pathetic. <laughs> You're yes. not going to get any arguments out if of me. If you just get me a below-average offense, then those, those, those players aren't – you can't be out there for 102 plays with that many injuries and that many young players and inexperienced. Well, you just mentioned the plays. Well, you just mentioned the plays. They weren't getting off the field. Now, I understand, obviously, that the, the short drives by the offense, especially towards the end of the game, is going to wear them out. And it's going to get harder and harder. But, but they, they did get out the field in the first half. And then the offense came right back in less than a minute, three plays later, and put them right back on the field. That's my whole point. Duke ran more offensive plays in the first half than we ran in a whole game. Okay. 
All right. So our def- our defense had to play more plays I, I, I understand. in the first half than Duke's defense did the whole game. I get it. Okay. Which is which so is how can you why blame are you getting that? I'm not blaming that. Don't don't you got me pointing okay, at my screen right now. All right. <laughs> I'm not well, blaming I mean, that. To me, you're looking at me. I'm blaming yeah. everybody. I'm blaming everybody. I don't think the defense played a terrible game. Please don't please don't get me wrong. They played a decent game. But it was only in the turnover category, you know, and they did score. So without that score, what are we looking at? 38 to 17? 17. Yeah. We should add another field goal too. It's That's a what I mean. massacre. If you, if you look at, but if you look at those, it's almost like the blind like uh, resumes when they talk about it in the NCAs, right? If you looked at that box score, right, minus the touchdowns, right, and you looked at the yardage and the plays and the time of possession and everything, you don't think that's a thirty-eight twenty-four game. You think that's a fifty-six to ten game or something like that. So, again, our defense made it to where all it still would have taken, even into the fourth quarter, was a stop or a big play, and we would have been right in the game. When there realistically, is, we shouldn't even have been in that game at halftime. Shouldn't even have been even a, a, a chance to even get there if you look at those stats. I will, I will agree with that. And I'm definitely not saying that the defense didn't play decent. And I understand the long drives that were stopped by. I understand the yardage on drives that were ended up in turnovers. I get it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, does it? We can sit here and argue all we want. Oh, yeah. It was well, just an, yeah. all around, it was an all-around awful game right? to but watch. Just, it was tough to watch. It was definitely the most frustrating. I would say I would, I would say that was probably, besides the Boston College game last year, that that was just the worst game to watch. It's tough. The, the most frustrating game to watch, and 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 it yeah. ended with multiple injuries, and yeah. our starting quarterback out. So here we are. You got David Summers, Dylan Markowitz, and there's one more, um, Jacoby and Morgan. Yeah. I mean, okay, all right. So that's where we're at, right? I'm. I'm. And, and look. I love Culpepper. I love his tenacity. I love his story. I love his his fire. You know, I I love you know his swag, if you will. Yeah, I, I love it. All right. I don't think, and I I might catch hell for this. And this is why I was against the whole calling for Devito's benching because Joe and I have been guilty of that before, not with Devito. But I don't think, and we don't want to relive that. But it no. is, we are on record, and and I will always, I will always pull back on that. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think Culpepper's a good quarterback. I just don't think. I, I, it's hard for me to say it because I know it's not going to be a popular thing. I don't think he's yeah, a good he's quarterback. He's a good guy, and everything he, that he's gone right. through, you know, he's easy to root for. Yes, um, and then I will. And, and realistically, I don't want – I mean, a lot of people, they have positive feelings about this guy, right? Yeah. But you know how fans get once you get on the – you know, like we talked about. DeVito, people were talking about – the fans were talking about DeVito taking, taking Dungy's job when they went and beat North Carolina, right? And then the very next week when he got smoked by Notre Dame, they were really singing a different tune, right? When DeVito went in there and played not too good. Um, and realistically, I don't want to – really see Rex have to go in there and and play and I think people are gonna start to not you know they're gonna start to say some bad things about him. Well, we're gonna know? be and calling for really... David Summers here in about you know <sighs> one or two games. Right. Which is so a fair thing. I guess... Now I don't I'm not against that. Like you said, right? Oh, 
next man up. Someone's got to do it, right? Well, but I'm just I saying, just... what do you do, Joe? This is my point. What do you do? Do you do you put Culpepper in? Do you devise something for David Summers and, and, and I guess Dylan Markowitz? Those would be the two, I think. Um, I don't know. but Well, I think you – I guess the way that hmm, – I mean, I don't know – exactly the last words that Babers kind of put or whatever. And I know this year has been weird and we've talked about, you know, would you rather football? You know, this was one of those, this, one was, of those, this was a buy seller hold. Yeah. Would you rather football play or Syracuse go on, which we've already won a game. So, right. But again, you know, you got some people probably like, Oh, why'd we play this season again? Because at some point, you know, people get invested and they're like, Oh, this is, this is what we played the season for. You know, I just want to see football, but, um, like you said, at some point, <laughs> Babers can't just throw away his players, right? <laughs> like you said, as right. far as with a bad drawing or something like that, right. right? Well, that's not what I'm talking about. I know, but you, but but you can kind of do that to the season and say, okay, we just got to get to the look to the future and start getting some of these young guys um, a little bit more experience. And I think I th- honestly think that at some point that's what we're going to see. I wouldn't be surprised if. They don't go ahead because I know that Rex Culpepper already had packages, and I think he was the only other quarterback minus DeVito that was preparing that you can get any type of minutes this year. So I don't know if anybody is anybody else is prepared. Oh, um, I, I highly doubt that they were. But I mean, you know, you look on the schedule, we still got Clemson, we still got Boston College, who's rolling. Yeah, we still yeah, got NC State. Like, they're they're NC State's been rolling. You got Notre Dame. I mean, we got this schedule does not get any easier at all. No. There's teams that we're not going to beat. We know this. I think it's just a situation where, uh, again, you just you got to take the positives. I don't think anybody can really look at this team and everything that it's gone through with all the changes. This is a perfect storm, perfect disaster storm, realistically, when you look at the coronavirus and the specific people that have gotten injured, the specific people that have opted out, the specific people that – decided to go to the NFL or not get a waiver from the NCAA. Um, those are guys that I think that this coaching staff was kind of looking towards, you know, counting on this year, two or three linemen with an NFL type receiver that they thought was going to come back. And then your top two running backs, um, that's tough. And that's what Tommy's been dealing with. Um, so that's why it's, I, I get so upset when people want to throw Tommy out there, but um what are you, are you going to throw a guy out there like a Summers or a freshman like that you know is not ready against Clemson? Oh, I don't think they throw him out there if they don't have any kind of – no, don't get me wrong. Like I feel I, like the next two games are going to be Rex Culpepper ju- regardless. I agree. And they got a buy in between there. No, they don't. <laughs> no. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. Okay, so I don't feel – got to be honest. I don't feel good about anybody standing in the pocket against Clemson. Nobody. No. Nobody. No. <laughs> just, I'm just, I'm just thinking. Obviously, I don't think coach is going to put anybody in there that he doesn't think is ready. So we're, we're it's not even, it's not even worth so, having the conversation. I think the I'm problem. Just, I mean, we're getting to the point where it's a numbers game. It's thin. It don't matter if you're ready. We need you to play. Well, right. Which but, means every everybody's going to start getting ready. Everybody. Oh, everybody better have already started. Because it's my thing is is this. Yeah, I look at it like okay. Because I, I, I was gonna say what I was gonna say was I would wouldn't be surprised if Rex Culpepper, if they throw him out there because he's the most prepared against Liberty, uh, just to try to get the W and everything like that. But if he ended up losing or not playing well, then the next game would be somebody else. But then the next game's Clemson. So what are you gonna do? Bring in a, a, fr- a freshman against Clemson? So no. 
but I, but again, I mean, is Rex Culpepper ready for me? He's a warrior. So, hey, go out there and say, hey, this is your <laughs> this is your chance to go out there and win a game and, and be, you know. But I mean, he's going to take a beating. Anybody's going to. Whoever's in there is going to take a beating, unless we change the completely change the way. I mean, that we that we run our offense, and that's the Dinkin and the Duncan, and that's the stuff that you saw Duke do against us because they couldn't get the ball down the field. That's what we have to do to, to other teams, and we need to slow down. Um, and well, it needs to slow down now. And and I talked about the Dinkin and Duncan. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I said this is week two. Playing pit, I'm not sure why they weren't doing that. And and we're going down the field a ton. And we're hitting like he might be hitting like twenty percent of those right now. And in yeah. the in the twenty percent he hits are huge. But the other ones are just bad throws most of the time. Devito? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean last night or yesterday I didn't think there was a lot of bad throws. Um, I thought that he was throwing the ball out there and allowing his playmakers to try to make a play and they just refused to do it. Other than Taj Harris. Yes, on some of those, yeah, sure. You know, Benson, Taj Harris. Other than those two? Benson was being held, though, but, yeah, I mean. Well, I mean, I'm not talking about his drop. I'm saying he had a nice, you know, touchdown run. I'm saying Taj Harris and Benson seem to be the only ones that are willing to make a play or want to make a play. Everybody else, it's almost like they're afraid to catch the ball. And like I said, I mean, Nikeem Johnson, he's got to step up. I mean, this team needs him, you know, to do something more than what he's doing. So yeah, but I, who knows if it's him or if it's the fact that he just isn't getting the ball. Yesterday he looked on offense like he was a huge decoy. They're using him as a decoy to get other people the ball, and I just feel like we can't be too cute at this point. We should just be giving the ball to people who we know can do something. Right? right exactly. You know what Sean? You saw what Sean Tucker did last week, and then what? What did he get? Twelve carries. He got twelve. I know he carries. caught a he caught a couple balls. Ten too, in the first half. Well, he went out injured. When I don't know, but he had ten carries point. in the first half. Yeah, and then uh, two in the second. So it was all just very frustrating, and I don't think you know due to the injuries and some of the stuff that we learned yesterday um, and saw yesterday. Like I don't think it's going to change much. So, um, and again, I think there's reasons. I don't want to make excuses, but I know that most fans don't want to hear them. Most fans just want to say, "Oh, it's on the coach. It was up to him to recruit these players, and this, this, and that." And um, you know, I'd say that this is what happens when you have a bunch of unfortunate injuries you miss a couple players and uh you want to make a change in scheme based upon players that you really didn't recruit for so that's why you see a lot of young players on the defense and um yeah it's just overall tough but like i said fans don't want to do it they're just going to blame the coach because the coach is going to have them ready yep all right you heard from us time to hear from you it's time to hear from you the loud mouths from the loud house the best damn college sports fans in the we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? 
The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? <laughs> Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Nation. All right. Fan feedback is brought to us by BetOnline.ag. Now, you know the deal. You might not be able to get to a game this year, but BetOnline.ag, they're going to bring it to you. Go to betonline.ag. They're going to Extra Mile to give you everything imaginable this season to bet on. From game spread totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. You can get in on all their season opening bonuses today. Start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures. Now head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you. Bet online. Okay, so by the way, I'll just say that this was not easy to read some of this stuff. So all right. Let's start with that. Let's start with our good buddy James on Facebook. Good the Zubinator. 
He said, I'm not saying it was a bad game, but what I will say is, yes, basketball season is indeed almost here. James a basketball guy, though, in all fairness. Um, yes, yes, yes. Look, you know, we do have that to look forward to, guys. And that's a, it's, it's not to say, hey, we're giving up on football, bring on basketball, because that's the typical SU move. But, you know, we hmm. do have something to look forward to as far as sports, SU sports this year. So just keep that in mind. Dominic on Facebook, it's, it's finally clear that Dino and his staff believe in their system. The problem with that is when their personnel doesn't fit or isn't good enough to yet to succeed in their system, it's just an epic failure. If Dino, failure. If Dino keeps on refusing to adapt and adjust to who is on their roster, I can't see him lasting here after next season. This is his theory on coaching. If this is his theory on coaching, it will create a con- consistently poor, occasionally great teams in the future, which is a line right from Baber's mouth, okay? So, and that's kind of what it's been. Look, Joe, we talked We talked on the Orange is the New Fast. That's a huge part of the system on the offensive end. So I think it's time to trash it. I think it's time to trash it. Take a look at what you got, and in, 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 in as well as we just we hit two of these recently. How to run the offense? Slow it down. Get chunks, small chunks of yardage. The Dinkin and Duncan, the things like that. I think um, give you a better shot. What do you think? Yeah, I think that sometimes when when players or when coaches come here, and sometimes even ads, right? I mean, we saw this when when we had the what Daryl Gross come. Be our AD from USC, and then he brought you know Greg Robinson in, and we were going to turn Syracuse into the into the USC of the you know Northeast or the East Coast, you know, and all this other stuff. You know, and I mean, I just it you, there's certain things when you when you move places, it's hard sometimes to to recruit to places and to recruit certain types of places. You know, when you have Babers who played in Oregon, you know. Coach Dory and Baylor, those I mean, those guys can recruit those kind of guys. You know, uh, it's hard to go fast when you can't recruit guys really to to kind of go to that system. That's why a lot of times you see the Boston colleges and you know the Northeast teams of the world that are you know recruiting linemen, ground and pounding. You know, having a solid defense because that's how they win games. Because regionally, those are the type of players that normally they can take advantage of as far as in their backyard. Uh, and I just think that it took Babers a little while to figure that out. And, and I think that we are in a transition coming up to one of the first things you said in the beginning of this podcast is that I think that there is a transition going on between what Babers wanted to do coming here and now what I think he knows he has to do based upon how he can recruit and uh, the teams that he's playing against in, in conference. Matt on Facebook says, one rough in the kicker, Seven-point swing. We didn't talk about that. I knew we were going to talk about it here. We'll hit that. Mm-hmm. Um, had two drop touchdown passes. We are disseminated by injuries. Fifth-string running back who has played played well. Uh, Slot-wide receiver um, and running back with Penna. Uh, Second-string quarterback. Well, to be fair, that was just at the end of the game, but we're going to see how that goes. Um, fullback playing guard. All-American hurt. Jones got hurt and came back. Carter got hurt and came back. Canton, I, I, like we were just talking about, I don't think he did, right? Terrell out. Right. 
haven't had either Davis. We we got to get healthy. The guys that came in have filled in well, but there's a lot of true freshmen on the field right now. So yeah. to your point, I think Michael uh, Jones left too. Did he? I think he left with a knee injury too. Yeah, because okay. at the end of the game, there was Marlo Wax and Lee Lee Pogba were the two linebackers in there, and Steve Linton. But so, just the the um, the rough in the the rough in the kicker deal that was that's one of those things that um, uh, you know it was a good fake, and he sold it. Great and, acting job, yeah, yeah, and it's just unfortunate, you know, that they got pegged with that, but it's just yeah. it, it happens. <laughs> well, that's again, that's <laughs> when you look at the stats, when you look at the the score, and you look at the yards and time of possession and all that other stuff, and you look at the stats, it just doesn't line up. Especially when you take that away, and then we and, and then have us kick a field goal instead of try to go for that fourth down quarterback sneak, and that's a ten point swing. That's a four point. You're talking twenty eight twenty four. But they just doubled our yards, doubled our plays, and or tripled our yards, doubled our plays, and doubled our time of possession. So, um, and again, that's what turnovers um, and opportunistic defense can do for you. But um, as ugly as it was, that's how close that game was to still being, you know, having a chance to get in there and, and get it. And obviously, getting those those late injuries on defense, and then Tommy, that's kind of culminated in. Just a disastrous afternoon. <laughs> Ricky on Facebook, he said, we made one of the worst teams in ACC look like national championship team. It is so hard to watch, especially when I live in Raleigh now. This dude's by, we have so many listeners and people on social media who are in North Carolina. It's crazy. That must be the number one destination for ex-Syracusians. This guy um, actually works with my brother. Oh, for real? Yeah, I'm in a fantasy football league with him. I'm actually playing him. Oh, no kidding. This week. Yeah. He's a Syracuse fan? Yeah, he's from up there. Oh, no kidding. Yep. Oh, that's crazy. Unfortunately, okay. a Bills fan, but you know. Oh, we you won't know go there right now. Um, it, it is hard to watch, especially when I live in Raleigh now. You screwed me up. We are not getting better in any way. Okay, he goes on. But, Joe, have you seen improvement? We, we talked at the beginning of the year. Look, all I was asking for is a little improvement, a little improvement. And then we went to two games. We saw a little improvement coming into Pitt. We saw big improvement, obviously, coming into our first home game against Georgia Tech. And, you know, I think it's fair to say that we fell on our faces here. But, you know, we've still got three quarters of the season left, pretty much. And we can still eke out some games. We can still upset some people. I think anything other than Liberty right now um, would be an upset um, if we put it in the win column. So, I'm not gonna lie to you. We might, we might be an underdog. We, uh, true, because I mean they're three and zero. You, it's it's possibility. Plus they're at home. Um. Oh no, that's no. A, that we're home. We're home. We're home. My bad. I'm saying we probably Vegas probably won't be just based upon the numbers the and everything like that, yeah. but. Like, if we don't have a situation where, like, we get certain people back and it's Rex Culpepper with all the same injuries, um, we might lose Liberty, man. I mean, I know it's a possibility, and I know. And it's just, <laughs> well, it's a bad, it's, and it's what it is, is it's a bad, it's a bad timing type situation because I think we were starting to actually get used to the personnel that we had. I think that we could have done a little bit better with play calling and, Obviously, with the personnel catching balls and stuff like that, and actually making the plays that were out there to be had, 
But um, if DeVito is out for the year, if Cisco is out for the year, if some of these linebackers have long, like long term injuries, then I mean, it's going to get way worse before it gets better. I know you're such you're a, not going to you're such a you're shining gonna, light. You're such a shining light. Joe. I'm just saying it is. I know. If you, okay, I know. if you have Rex Culpepper, it's going to look ugly next week. Oh, if you have Rex gonna, Culpepper yeah, or somebody else against Clemson or a true freshman, it's going to be ugly, especially if we don't have some of these guys. So, what do you say um, about what do you say about, you know, what is well, maybe you don't say anything, but you know, you got a lot of these guys they're they're getting what they asked for in a sense. And I know they weren't that nobody early wants playing time. Oh yeah. They, nobody. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the fans and I'm not saying that they're asking for, oh. for DeVito to be hurt, but they, the calls for Rex Culpepper have been all year. They haven't stopped. So really? Yeah. I've seen, what do you mean? Really? Yeah. You don't see, here's the thing with calls. Joe. Here's the, hold on. Here's the thing with Joe. Joe doesn't go on social media. He doesn't, he doesn't see it all the time. I don't even know if he sifts through fan feedback, but yeah, I mean, we, the whole calls for social DeVito media is garbage. Social media is the worst place on earth. It is like hell, but we use it, but we have to, we have no choice. I've, I've said many times, if we didn't have this show, I wouldn't be on social media. Probably not. But either way, we had a look. We okay, so we started out and we were optimistic. Then some players didn't come back, didn't get a waiver, still injured with the whole coronavirus, no off season. After the first two weeks, I think we saw our floor of like, okay, like this was where we started and we're just gonna get better from here. And I think he got a little bit better, then he got to Georgia Tech, got a W, and we're thinking, okay, we could go three and two, you know, as long as we get this continual improvement. Um, and then, and then going to Clemson, you know, we might be able to get six and five or something like that, win all our home games. Um, and then DeVito went down and then the rest of our defense got hurt and yesterday happened. And now it's like, we have to wait to see because there's going to be a whole nother floor that's created because any type of improvement that we had just got flushed down the toilet yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so now and we come next over. week. So next week against Liberty, we have to start all over, and we got to figure out what the floor is. But, but like I said, take that drawing, crumple it up, throw it away, grab a new piece of paper, and and, and change some things, make it better. Oh, they're going to have to change some things. It doesn't mean it's yeah. going to be better. No, it no, it does not mean it's going to be better. But it's got to be better for and, your current situation. And well, what they're, and, and what p- the, and what they're doing is not good. Well, and there's going to be an open competition. And again, that's the one thing. Like you said. You were saying about Rex Culpepper. I haven't seen that portion of it because all I've seen is I've seen people calling for DeVito or, oh, it's time to look for another option, a quarterback or something like that. But then there's no suggestions. Okay, well, I just assume it's Culpepper, I guess. You're right. But I'm saying go look down the roster. There are no other options. (laughs) I know. What do you want to do? We We can't just go sign someone from free agency like the NFL. I know. I'm with you, bro. So what do you want to do? Like, do you want to just – let's. I mean, we don't have any running backs, but hey, let's just do the damn Wildcat, huh? We'll put Sean Tucker out there. We'll just do the Wildcat the whole game because we'd probably have a better chance. Hmm. That's not a bad idea, put Joe. T- Taj Harris. Taj Harris, Sean Tucker. Push t- put Taj Harris. You might as well put him at quarterback. Put Cooney at quarterback. quarterback. Isn't Cooney in the lineup somewhere and be quarterback? Nolan Cooney? Yeah. Sure. It's a punter, right? Taj, look, Taj Harris is not going to have – he doesn't have a quarterback to throw to him now, so he might as well just play quarterback. Oh, yeah, run throw it to himself. 
I'm um, just saying t- that we don't have other options. Like I, that's know, what it's I know what it's going to be. I know we're going to see Rex and then hopefully one of these freshmen can get. I mean, looking at the tape, I know that Jacobian Morgan is is um, he's he's not going to be ready this year. Uh, that's somebody that definitely is going to need a year or two, um, in my opinion. But that Dylan Markowitz kid looked like he could sling the ball. Um, so maybe you start looking at him. Um, I don't know too much about Summers. I know that he committed to, he was committed to Maryland, but um, I don't know what type of uh, player he is. But um, I did like that Dylan Markowitz tape, so maybe he can start getting some snaps and start getting some some burn or something. But then if one of those guys comes in, you're talking about creating a whole well, other floor. What if we, and, what if we go to Clemson and and something happens to Culpepper? I mean, guys. Yeah. We're, it's not looking good. And this is, I don't know if this is really coach's problem. I, I well, guess, I guess I, he has, has had time to, to uh, develop see, another quarterback is, in you, a sense. Well, you don't really though. I mean, you do and you don't. At I, some point yeah, you gotta, I know. At some point you got to leave it up to the kids, but right. at some point when you get to closer to game week, you got a game prep, you know, at some point it's like, Hey, well I got to let the, you know, you got to take the training wheels off at some point and go do it your damn self. Right. And, they just thought it was going to be DeVito Rex Culpepper. And now we are where we are. So now you got to start seeing who's ready because now you're going to have to progress that person. If but, you do not look at the first two games, DeVito getting sacked 14 times and think to yourself, we need to have a backup plan for De- for DeVito, therefore have a backup plan for Culpepper, that's irresponsible. <laughs> I'm just going to say there has to be something. You, you, well, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure at some point, if they've seen how he's played, they were like, okay. But there could be a situation where they don't think that anybody else is ready. Now it's going to push their hand. So, I mean, I'm not saying these guys aren't ready, like don't know the playbook or anything like that. But, like, I'm talking about – It's driving me to drink, Joe. It's driving me to drink. Mentally and physically ready. It's bad. Let's let's keep going here. We're we're spinning wheels, brother. Uh, Tim on Facebook, good buddy Tim, he said, just amazed at this point in Dino's tenure, this offense struggles in every in everything they do. The offense has issues as, the defense has issues as well, size, speed, and depth, but it's hard to put the blame on them when they spend so much time on the field with little rest. Little faith left in Dino and his way of doing things. Okay, look, this is starting to rear its ugly head. We've ignored it when I... Didn't think it was necessary. I think it's look. I am. I am. I am. A, I buy into the fact a little bit that this is this year has been an anomaly as far as the preparation that they had to do and the the adversity that they had to overcome with the virus protocol. With that said, Joe, how if things don't look up next year, and we are still in this type of situation? At what point is that a serious conversation with looking for another head coach? And we've talked a lot about this, and we don't need to relive all of the points we've made, but just how realistic of a thought is that? Um, I mean, I think it's on the table. I'll just let you – I think it's on the table after next year. I, I, I think let's – this year is what it is. There's not a whole lot we can do. Players bailed on the season – and they have every right to do so. I'm not mad about it, but I'm just saying that it put coach in a situation where he's got to improvise and he's got to bring 
some less experienced guys up. Right. So he's had that on his plate. Next year, though, if we do not see some improvement out of this, when he talks himself about getting a lot of these guys back due to the virus, um, does does DeVito get to medically redshirt, Joe? He qualifies, right, if he's out for the rest of the season, right? So w- we could see him. I don't even think medical redshirt. I think just a normal redshirt because he's played four games or less. Okay, all right. Well, there you go. Because of that new rule, yeah. So okay. realistically, so, that would give that could give Tommy another year. Right. So that's good news. So next year when well, we – To some people. I think it's good news. <laughs> I think it's good news too. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. All right, but to my, to my point, next year things don't get better. We're still, sp- we're still spinning the wheels here in, a Dino Baber- in the Dino Babers era. What do you think? Um, I would give him – I'd give two more years after this, um, and I only say that because – and I know that we've given him five years compared to, you know, three and four for some of these other coaches. Um, it's because this is his fifth year. But um, like I said, I think last year was a little bit of a wash. I think they really, really, I think he finally realized um, just the situation. And I think that's why he changed to the three, three, five, because it fits the scheme type of players that he can that he can uh, recruit geographically. And I think that's exactly why you see a huge um, recruiting class as far as commits with defensive line and offensive line. And I think that we're seeing, um, seeing that, you know, I think John Wildhack and him uh, have a, a pretty good relationship. He got an extension um, a couple a couple years back. And I think with the coming to grips of, uh, we got to change some schemes and some styles. I think that that's given him a little bit of leeway to, you know, be able to get a couple more years of recruiting towards those styles and schemes with these coordinators and the stuff, the guys that they brought in. Um, I just think, unfortunately you didn't get to see, I think you see a little bit of it with the defense, but I don't think the offensive coordinator, like, again, making those changes with the circumstances that we had, I don't got to, you know, go over it again. Um, but they just didn't have the time and the familiarity that a lot of other schools and teams have had, you know, have had the luxury of, of having. And who knows what their injury situation is as well. So um, um, just to piggyback on that at Giants underscore NFL underscore um, on Twitter, we have no hope of turning this around. I thought Babers was the guy to make it happen, but that's obviously not the case. If he can't do it, I'm sure I'm not sure who can. That's a valid point. Uh, we are uh, perennial basement dwellers in the ACC. And, well, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. At McDendis. McDendis. They should have won the game, took many costly turnovers, and couldn't com- convert the ones they caused, couldn't stop the run game, and didn't have a great passing game. Not sure if they can win after Liberty next week for the rest of the year. So he said, what he's saying is, is he thinks they can win at Liberty, but not for the rest of the year. Well, we heard your comments. You're, you're speculative of, of that and as well. You mm-hmm. should be. Um, like I said, the, the schedule doesn't get any easier. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked about this a lot with, with football since we've been doing this show is, is, you know, I need to, at some point I have faith, but at some point I do, I do need to see something. Uh, I have, I do have, I think I have faith because I, again, um, 
I think it has something to do with the region. I think it has something to do with Dino Babers coming up here and the fact that he needed to, to kind of get away from his um, somewhat um, coaching tree that he had um, in Bowling Green. And, and obviously he's lost. Like Sean Lewis was a great offense coordinator. He ended up getting his head coaching job. And then we had, you know, the new the quarterback coach who went to the offense coordinator last year who eventually got fired because of last year, right? And we changed. So uh, we brought in – he brought in guys that can – recruit better and he brought in guys that uh are a little bit more um well obviously the tony white with the 335 but he's very good as far as recruiting um and so is sterling gilbert i know that some people do have their um their qualms a little bit about his play calling and i have too but uh you can't you can't doubt his recruiting so uh i think dino Babers made some power moves and overall Syracuse period made some power moves and threw some money on the table this past offseason to actually get some um, offensive coordinators, some coordinators in there and some assistant uh, level uh, coaches that um, that can recruit and that can make it uh, the, the team a little bit better. And again, I mean, you might be seeing that in this recruiting class is right now. 2021 is the highest ranked recruiting class that Babers has had since he's been here. So it might not end like that, but I don't think we, I don't remember us being up in the forties the way we are now. So no, and that's a, something else that is exciting, but we just, we just keep waiting. I can't wait for this. I can't wait for this. Well, we well get- I can understand because I mean, we talk about it so optimistically every year, right? <laughs> just yeah, for it, exactly. Uh, but I mean, it's just, just two years ago that we had a 10 and three season. I was down in Orlando at the camp of world boy. It was a great time. And there was, you know, people took us legit. So, they took us, you know, serious. Um, and there's some fans they that still remember legit. that. So, yeah. Um, um, at Tony Staffieri on Twitter, no delusions here. This program is far from top 50 in the FBS. Uh, but in year five of the current regime, how is depth still an issue at key spots on both sides of the ball? I mean, I guess a lot of that. I mean, it's a it's a valid point. But on the on the same end of that, where I mean, we were talking about some of that show. I mean. There, there are a lot of young linebackers. There's a lot of young DBs. And without leaders on the field like the Cisco's and Richards, you're, you know, depth is an issue. And it's because they just haven't gotten the burn. Well, they're getting the burn now. Yeah. So. <laughs> Realistically, right? I yeah. Mean, that's what it, and the, the thing, too, is, and I don't follow, like, a whole bunch of other schools, and I know that everyone's got their own issues, but I just feel like the last two years with, like, people leaving the program and players injured or getting, you know, um, disqualified, whether it's injury or academically wise. Um, I feel like, you know, that that's just so much of that has happened um, these past two years. And it hasn't, it hadn't been like that, that bad for the previous years before. So I don't know if they're doing anything different or what, but I just feel like, it's, it's like any type of close four-star. I mean, you have some misses as it is, but, I mean, you look at Ed Hendricks, right? He was supposed to be one of our better receivers. Probably, if never got injured, he might be our number one, number two receiver right now, right? And he hadn't even played because of injuries. Um, so between misses and between injuries, and, and I, I just think a lot has happened in the last two years. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but I just don't see these type of problems that happen to every program. I just don't see it. These last two years, it's just been incredible. The amount of injuries and things that have happened. Maybe it's a curse. Someone got the hex on us at D at D Radzitz. I still, I'm sorry, David. I still struggle. 
Uh, terrible performance all around. Take away that Taj bomb and defensive touchdown, and it's an embarrassing game. I still think it was an, embarrass- an embarrassing game, actually, David. But drop passes played a big part. Defense and able to stop the run. This must be what Jet fans feel like. So, <laughs> Or Giants. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, look, stopping the run is going to be an issue. It's kind of almost a staple. I thought maybe it would get better, and I think it could be better. It was better when Cisco was in there. I mean, he's playing the rover spot, and he's able to maybe do some things and contribute a little bit. But we saw it against Georgia Tech, and we saw it against Duke, and he didn't play in either one of those games, right? So That's uh, experience and youth right there. Yeah, exactly. So um, I do agree, though. Um, the Taj bomb was the highlight of the game in the scoop and score. So, so there's some great plays, but yeah, again, like he said, I, the thing is, is it's embarrassing because the whole had, thing was embarrassing. Let the, the Duke, it was Duke is not good. Because, that's why it's really that's, embarrassing. That's that's part of it. And the yeah. other embarrassing part of it is that we have Division One athletes that weren't making simple Division One plays, and that is yeah, that's very embarrassing. That's to me is very embarrassing. Yes, yeah. I mean you're you're dropping a screen pass when there's nobody around you that you could probably take for forty yards. You know, I just. I don't know. And if you're not running the ball, but the guy's in there because he can pass block good or, you know, run block good. Like, I I just don't understand it. Like we just have an issue with certain people and, and it just, or certain personnel. um, And it just stinks when you see all these, the Garrison Johnsons and some of these receivers that left. And it's like, I I don't know why they left. Did they get ran out? Did they, because I mean, Cam Jordan to me last year looked real good. Um, you know, that guy that we got, the Mattel guy that came from, you know, Canada, looked like yeah. big receivers that could make My, some plays, Mattel, right? Yeah. And it's like those guys leave leave the, the team, and now we see the type of receivers that we're dealing with, and we're like, what is going on? And I don't know, maybe it's personal stuff, maybe it's academic stuff, you never know. But it's just you see these things, and it's like we waste, we, I don't want to say wasted, but, you know, that's a scholarship. No, we and wasted, now, we, we did. It's not I that mean, we like wasted said, it. It's that, but you're right. I understand what you're we saying. We could have used it on somebody that yeah. could have helped. Right. But now you leave and this happens and it's like, okay, we developed you for three or four years. Now you're going to go. Right. So it's just a situation where that's just tend to have, have been happening the last couple of years. And uh, it's just unfortunate. So it is that. Okay. One more and then we're out of here. Uh, at Cuse Waterboy on Twitter, pure sadness. Can't stress it enough. If you get takeaways, you have to capitalize and shove it down Duke's throat with TDs, and we did not do that. Not a great outlook on the season. I'm, I'm, so I'm all for giving more freshman reps and building up for the future. I'll never quit on this team. And obviously, um, you know, when it comes down to it, Joe, you know, we're not going like to quit that. on the team. Well, yeah, that's why no, I saved it for last. I'm we're, not going to quit on the team either. You know, it's it's a situation where I. I'm still going to watch the game. I'm still going to be cautiously optimistic, but I'm not um, going to be, you know, optimistic or anything like that. And again, it's 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 close to that. It's close to right there. I don't want to be the one that throws says throw up the white, you know, the white flag and and just play the young guys and screw the old guys because we want to get you know get uh get them ready for the future, get them experience for the future. But um, it's kind of almost where we're at at this point. Well, I think that time- they need to be they need to play a role. For the rest of the right. year, obviously, that there, there's a role for them to fill, and there's there they have a. It is a great opportunity for those young kids to to come up and get ready for next year, and you know, um, 
Well, you, ha- you I, have to too, right? Well, you because have no choice. <laughs> Well, yeah. no, yeah, I mean, you have no choice. But on top of that, you're talking about what if we don't get some of these these linemen back, right? Because I mean, I don't know about Darius Tisdale. I know we got Veterello and Bergeron or whatever, but I know Chris Elmore and Cervais are both seniors. So it's a situation where if we don't get these guys back, now you're talking about two more lines situations that were spots that we have to figure out next year. And we also heard rumblings of Trill Williams in. Cisco possibly testing the uh, the NFL waters on top of the fact that our top three defense alignment starters are all going to be gone, too, unless they come unless this rule or whatever they have coming gives these guys a reason to come back. So it's like, yes, we do need to fill these roles. But again, there's still going to be if some players leave, there's going to be other roles that we have to fill. And there's still going to be some weaknesses or, you know, in our in our personnel. So I can. I want to give them the time, but it's it's going to be tough to just say, oh, we're going to let them play this year, get experience, and then, oh, they'll be ready next year because that's not always the case well, no, because right. we're still well, going to have to well, fill other – you know. Yeah, I obviously. wish we had this damn Josh Huff guy, though, already. Can we just get him from uh, – High school? From Beaver Falls High School. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen this guy? Yes. He's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's putting up stupid numbers, but like, I mean, he's, he he's got like tree he's trunks for legs. JV. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's it's ridiculous. He averaged like sixty yards a carry one game. Dude, he's well, he's six two, two thirty five. But on top, <laughs> dude, yeah, he you had, who he, wants to get in front of that? Nobody. No, they're just gonna dive at his legs. But he had he had registered two hundred forty three rushing yards and three touchdowns on four carries. <laughs> I know. It's insane. And then this past this past weekend, he had six carries, two hundred five yards, and three touchdowns. Yeah, he's just toying with people out there, no doubt. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's it's his. And you know, this is just our luck too, because if he actually is doing that against good competition, his stock is just going to rise and rise and rise. You know, the next thing you know. <laughs> well, I'm He's going to be getting looks decommit. from other people. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, Josh Huff decommits and goes to Penn State or some sh- like that. But I know well, that's going to be the that's going to be the uh, the crap sandwich right there. Well, that's really the one thing, right? Is you just got to hope that we're selling the guys that we have coming in next year on the fact of, hey, look, look at this year, look yeah. at all these freshmen look, that we got. Look, look at how much playing time you can get. <laughs> yeah, and we changed, and now we changed these, you know, our position as far as offensive defensive coordinators. We changed the schemes a little bit, and we're specifically handpicking you to come in and take these spots. And I'm sorry if you're a if you're a legit receiver that has the option between going to a place like, you know, a top tier place or a higher level power five that have, might have to sit a couple years, and then you watch the Syracuse game yesterday, it's like. Why wouldn't you want to go to Syracuse? It's like you're going to get the opportunities. You're going to get. You're in the a good division. Yeah, you're in a good conference. Our conference, yeah. So it's just, I mean, we got guys that are on our. We got recruits recruiting commits for next year that could have made the plays that our guys didn't yesterday. I believe that that's true, and that's why I I don't want to totally throw my head in on the Babers thing, but Babers is gonna gonna have to. Put it together next year. There's not, I, in, in my opinion, there's not going to be any excuses next year, especially if you get a guy like Devito back and some of these other guys. I just you it's say tough. Two, I know, but you say two more years, and I understand. Like I'm, I want to give it two more years, bro. I really do. 
I really do. And I love Babers. Like, I'm huge on Babers. Like, I thought that maybe Babers could be the Bayheim of college, of, of the football I, team. I feel like this is going to be a wash. I feel like the Corona, he's going to get, they're, they're not even going to look at this as like a. And, and, like I, I, don't, and I think that's this, fair. This season. But right. I'm talking that's, about yeah, next year. Right. But I'm saying they had, they, it was kind of like a reset. Like I said, with John Wildhack, when he coming in and then him getting the extension and then getting the money to do the renovations and the type of, the type of, um, just the type of person coach that, that coach Babers is and just a likable, you know, personality with the way that he's had some of these viral things and like, and I know that that doesn't always equate to W's, but that also has to do with, you know, your working environment and who you want to work with. And I just feel like, like John Wildhack is in it. He's in it for the long haul. You know what I mean? Like he's, they got the extension, they got the renovations. Um, they changed uh, the offensive coordinators and they gave them some offensive coordinators money and threw some money at them so that we can actually get um, better assistant coaches and better recruiters. Uh, so I don't see them doing all those changes. And then coronavirus comes around. You can't even have any fans and to go and see the renovations and get in and get to, you know, to cheer for the crowd and everything. So it's like this year's a wash. Don't, don't, going all, we're about to turn with this going, in. Go with going all in and doing this, like it's, it's, they're not, he's not just going to just give them, oh, this year and then next year and then no, gone. Like, no, that's not what I said either, though. I said put him on the hot seat, like, like put him on the watch list, like, like, Sit them down like you do when at work with guys or whatever. This is what I need to see, and if I don't, we're gonna have to move on. Oh yeah, I can understand that. I can, yes, I can understand the situation where at, if next year isn't good, then going into the following season being like, "Hey, this is the bar. You don't reach it. I'm gonna be looking elsewhere." Like I can see that, but I can't. I thought you were talking more about him getting fired. No, because I, I of think next about year. no. My my point was him on the hot seat, like serious thoughts and conversation, and and just realistic, realistic expectations for him to to have to button things up and get better. I mean, I think that's fair. You know, I'm not going to be, I am not calling for anybody's head. I just, that's not my place. That's not what we do here anyway. No, no. So anyways, um, in the fans in the dome, look, there's no reason we can't socially distance. Okay. 12,000 fans in the dome. You're packing them in home Depot and Lowe's every freaking weekend, like sardines. Give me a break. Okay, you go to a yeah. restaurant in in New York. You can you can you put your face mask in to walk into the restaurant, and then as soon as you sit down at your table ten feet from the door, you can take your mask off. Like it doesn't matter. Like that air is yeah, different. Just, okay, it's so, it's and it's inconsistent because even down in North Carolina, it's weird because it's like in like Wake County, like public schools don't have public schools don't have in in school schooling. It's only virtual, but like you go up to like like in Syracuse, they have in you know their public schools. Some of them have in school learning, right? Mm -hmm. But then Half down here ours. in North Carolina, but then down here in North Carolina, you can have seven to ten percent of your seats filled in football games, like they did. My and, buddy and, went to a North Carolina yeah. game yesterday, but then in New York, you can't. So I just don't understand the rhyme or reason if we're all in the same phases and we're all on the same page. I know it's statewide, governor, this, this, and that, but yeah, it's it's uh, every place has found out a way to social distance, even like you said, restaurants and and things and such like that. That to, that it just to me, even down in North Carolina, you know, seven ten percent, even if it's that, you know, get some fans in there. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, I think it's 
it's time to to look at some of that. So as well as you know, just you know, it's a way to do it responsibly. I think I've been on that bandwagon for a while. You can hate me for it or not. I don't really care. Actually, I do care. Don't hate me. Anyways, look, I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to thank Bet Online. I want to thank Manscape.com for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. Talk nope. about, uh, no beers today. No beers. Your beard out? Nah, eh, you know. I'm growing my beard out, you know. Your beard out. Yeah. You tied one on growing last be- night. I'm growing my beard out. You tied one huh? on you tied one on last night. No, no, I was good. I was good. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.